search for the fugitives known as the Devil's Rejects resulted in a violent clash with police. Chances for survival are less than a million to one. There's no justice in this world. I am justice. They're trying to blame us, but we didn't do it. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. <laughs> now we can have a real day of the dead. Any last words? Yeah, I still want a party. Just a clown dancing for the sins of mankind. Did I just call me? <laughs> this is my death factory. You are the product. I love it. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of Fresh Cuts. I am one fifth of your cast tonight, Mike, and joining me as always, Mr. Venom Jerry Cortez. How's it do- going? Greetings and salutations, listeners. I'm doing very well, Mike. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Uh, another day down in the work week, so we're approaching the halfway point, so I can't be mad about that. And the weather is finally not ridiculous, so. Times are good. It's hitting that fall season. <laughs> Joining us also, returning to the show, uh, he's been on many recent episodes. Unfortunately, he had to miss the It Chapter 2, but he's back, and that would be Brandon Young. How's it going? Good. How you doing, guys? I'm glad to be back. And uh, Yeah, I'm sorry I missed the It episode. That was a really good one. I listened to it, and uh, you guys did a good job with that. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be the seventh member of the Losers Club, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good job on it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it was Moods that pointed out we are like one person short of actually having an entire Losers Club. Well, I mean, technically, adult Stan wouldn't have been there, so Brandon was just playing the part of Stan. That's right. No, not sure how to take that, man, considering what <laughs> happened. <so. laughs> well, I mean, in the end, it was all planned to make the group stronger, I guess, right? Yeah, basically, <laughs> you can thank me for how good of a show it was. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Also returning to the show uh, from In the Mic of Madness, it's Becca. How are you doing, Becca? I'm doing great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's good to hear. I, you, you were on a handful of episodes back, and I'm glad we finally worked out a good schedule or a good time to get you back on. So, um, thanks for coming. And I'm here. <laughs> And then, rounding out tonight's cast, you know him from 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, but it's probably not who you think. (laughs) 
It is someone who's also known for his famous, uh, I guess, do you still call them the famous cock reviews, Jeremy? Yes, the famous cock videos. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so you are the final member of 22 Shots to, to finally come on the show. And I, I was making the joke earlier that this is now the show I guess you guys come to actually record podcasts because 22 Shots was delayed. So. Um, well, somebody has to come on here from the 22 Shots and represent and tell everybody how horrible 3 from Hell is and how big of a piece of shit. <gasps> I gotta be here. Why? Couldn't even give it five minutes. No, because no. it sucks. The movie fucking sucks. And I'm here to tell you why it sucks. No. Oh, we'll get into that in a minute. But yes, oh. I am here. I am here. Only the second time I've ever been on another show. I was on that stupid-ass horror mafia show talking about some Jersey Shore-related kind of horror movies. But now I'm here telling everybody why Three from Hell is fucking bad. <laughs> well, um, I guess... Uh, okay! <laughs> Jeremy kicked it off with his general thoughts. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, we are talking Three from Hell tonight. Uh, we Probably by the time everyone's listening to this, the, it'll be either be in the third night of its three-night special or... It'll have just ended. Uh, we all saw it on the first night. Hope I think everyone maybe, but Brandon ended up with a poster. I know I I picked one up. Um, mm-hmm. I got one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean it's a cool looking poster. It's a it's a little on small side, but I kind of expected that. Um, but you know, I like the straight. eleven by seventeen. I can hang more of those on my walls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is, I guess, one good thing. Is Too bad the poster's out. better than the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just okay, but can I say that everybody got the behind-the-scenes feature tonight? Everybody got the double feature tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then why didn't they make it to where everybody got the poster on the first night? Why was it just the first 50? I was a little bummed at first, but I realized every single one of my Scream Factory posters are sitting in a box in my closet, so it's not like I would do anything with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but every every theater has a certain capacity. Why would they not just yeah that capacity? That is kind of so odd. I, 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 theater was showing, yeah. I theater added three screens later on, so that's oh. an extra like, 150 <laughs> people. So you know, I, I, had to I, sit, I had to sit in the non-recliner seat. <laughs> I, I, I managed a movie theater in high school, and I you're know, like... Your, you're not in your fucking living room. You're in a movie theater, goddammit. Why the hell do you have to sit in nice reclining seats? You're not in your living room. That's why people are so fucking obnoxious now in the movie theater, because they think they're sitting in their living rooms and not in the movie theater. With the old stadium seats, at least people remember that they're in the movie theater and not in their living room, and they shut the fuck up, and they don't ruin the movie most of the time. That's my experience. Well, that's just my two thoughts. Nice. I'm old school. I yeah, like... I like the old school seats. I like the old school seats. I don't. I honestly, I honestly don't believe that the comfort level of the seat is going to dictate how loud someone is at the theater. If they can't shut the fuck up, they're not going to be able to shut the fuck up in a folding chair. So it doesn't matter. You're saying I I think the fucking (laughs) liners represent more people think that they're in the living room and not in the movie theaters. And that's just. I've often said if they could have little tables on the side where you could fold laundry, I'd be more inclined to go to the movie theater. I can't sit still. (laughs) But whoever put the bars and the recliners and the theaters, I salute you. (laughs) Somebody had to come up with some ideas to get asses in the seats because, you know, the old way wasn't, that wasn't working anymore, so. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I will. T- <laughs> this is like the greatest synopsis ever. I'll take it off IMDb. Um, ready? Sequel to Doubles Rejects. <laughs> that is a synopsis listed. So, um, I, I maybe I don't know if the movie's so new or they whoever made the page on there just didn't have time to uh, look anything up about the movie. But that's literally what it says: sequel to Devil's Rejects, which is not a lie. That is true, and I guess that I mean I guess that sets it up somewhat. But um, yeah, so we'll start with general thoughts. Um, uh, Jerry kick it to you like i always do first so tell us what you thought about three from hell all right well before i get into that obviously i should mention that i am a big big fan of house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects uh for the listeners of the main show who heard our top 10 horror sequels you might remember the devil's rejects is in my top five house of a thousand corpses is my third favorite horror film ever that's awesome favorite Third favorite movie ever. So I should throw that in. Extremely biased. And I love the Devil's Rejects evenly, but I've defended House of a Thousand Corpses many times on our show. As have I. Not on the show, but. I've dressed up in public as Vaudeville Baby, so I win. (laughs) She wins. (laughs) I think we're all biased that we all love the other two movies. We love the other two. But I know plenty of people who dislike Rob Zombie movies in general, and especially the Firefly saga. So I just wanted to point out, and hopefully everyone here agrees, that yes, we are fans of the first two. So as the movie begins, for the most part, I'm enjoying my experience. It was nice to see Rob Zombie kind of return to his kind of grainy film stock, odd lighting choices and odd shot choices style that he had more during House of a Thousand Corpses than he did on The Devil's Rejects. Um, for the most part, the editing was snappy and you know made the pacing of the film fine for the most part. Um, so generally speaking, I enjoyed the movie. I love these characters. I loved returning to their adventures, you know, seeing how on God's green earth they could have survived the end of the Devil's Rejects. But, you know, and, and with that, I'm I'm mildly satisfied because ultimately it is very improbable what they gave us. But ultimately it's happened in real life. So oh, now you sound like fucking JP saying that shit happens in real life. <laughs> they didn't have handguns. They had AR-15 rifles and shotguns. No way in 82-year-old Captain Spalding is fucking going to survive gunshot with AR-15s and shotguns and rifles. Okay. Jeremy, wait your turn. Can I I interject here? So, um, I did a video, so my channel is not quite Final Girls. I made an exception for Baby because she's like the bad guy who is Final Girls it, right? So, like, I heard this movie was coming out, so I did, like, a video on that. And I did a frame-by-frame analysis of that scene at the end of Devil's Rejects. And, okay, so Otis gets nothing that would be, like, fatal, okay? If you just go frame-by-frame. Captain Spaulding has, like, a couple questionable shots, but really nothing great. Um, And also, a lot of that footage is repeated. Now, Baby does have a couple, like, chest shots that you were like, whatever. But they were all reasonable to think, if you watch that frame by frame, that they could have lived. Just saying. 
And like I said, I mean, I don't care. And if they I said a like, one in a million chances. Like, of course, it's probably more like one in a billion. But the point okay. is, you know, that's why it happens. But I, uh, they <laughs> also, you can't forget that they have like that pact with the devil kind of thing going. I mean, we all forget about we all forget about Doctor Satan. When Becky would. But that he didn't go that route. He didn't say anything about I it being know. supernatural. Nothing about it being supernatural. I, Devil's Reject has nothing supernatural. Nothing. When, super- when I, Becca, when yeah. Becca said she wanted to interject, I thought she was gonna say, "Well, actually, I've been shot twenty times and I survived." <laughs> <laughs> and I've got all the tattoos to show it. But you notice, yeah, the, the Doctor Satan thing just kind of like got brushed under the carpet because they. I think Rob Zombie was smart knowing, like, nobody really likes the Dr. Satan thing. <laughs> well, I think the Dr. Satan and Rufus thing worked better in the landscape of House of a Thousand Corpses because oh, it was yeah. like a haunt. It was like a ride, something that you would walk through. Once you take the Firefly flam- family out of that house, you kind of have to take the carnival aspect out with it. And that's why The Devil's Rejects was such a gritty, you know, almost a road movie, really. A road I, movie on heroin. I think it was. I think it was like a exploitation road movie more yes, than a exactly. horror movie. Oh, to me, fair. more than a horror movie. Absolutely. But you ha- I thought it would come back around, though. To I was like, hoping. I was it hoping. It started with them, like, again, them having this, like, sacrificial kind of uh, symbiotic relationship with Dr. Satan. Yeah, Seems like we, it would have yeah. come back around, but it just all never came back. Because that's the one thing in House of a Thousand Corpses we didn't exactly get was what exactly was their relationship to Dr. Satan, like, were they his disciples, or, like, (laughs) but anyways, hold on, like, let's, I know we're kind of veering into, like, spoilers for this, but let's try, try to hold off on them for now, just keep it to general, because then people, (laughs) I've had people, like, give, like, hey, don't do spoilers before you say, but anyways, uh, Venom, I think you were still kind of in the middle of your general thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, obviously, pretty much everything that comes out of my mouth, Jeremy's going to hate. So I'll try to keep it as short (laughs) as possible. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Um, But I I do have kind of a little bit of an arc with my general thoughts. So, like I said, as I'm watching the movie, as I'm in the theater, I am enjoying myself. I am enjoying the movie. I'm enjoying the gore. I am not enjoying the CG blood, but that's a discussion for later on. I'm enjoying the kills. Uh, the scene, the scene in the second act is obviously very reminiscent of the motel scene from Devil's Rejects, which, you know, again, makes me nostalgic for the Firefly family. And then we get something a little bit newer with the third act, which I wasn't a gigantic fan of. And I'll get into points as to why. Uh, once we get there, the movie then ends in a, in a almost... Um, I don't know, glorious light, which I don't know if that really fits the theme of the fireflies, but you know, that's a discussion. Once again, that's a discussion for later. So walking out of the theater, I enjoyed the movie. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed most of the scenes the set pieces, the gore, the performances. I thought, Oh, what's his name? Richard Brake, right? Mm -hmm. I thought Richard Brake was great. I actually think Sherry Moon got zombie gave, probably her best performance she's ever given in, well, I say a Rob Zombie movie, but ultimately in a movie, since that's all she's ever done is Rob Zombie movies. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like um, baby had somewhat of a character arc way more than uh, Otis and WF did. But um, so as I'm driving home from the movies, 
um, last night, I, I start to think, well, the end of the Devil's Rejects was such this big, epic thing. Was Three from Hell a good enough reason to bring back the Fireflies and to continue their adventures? And the more I thought about it, the more I just... I couldn't agree. Like, I'm like, yeah. like if this would have been a middle chapter to this trilogy, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But considering the Fireflies have been gone for 15 years and they bring them literally, if not figuratively, back from the dead. And this is what they give us. I, I have to actually say that the more I think about it, the less and less satisfied I am with the film. So to, to just to, make that as short as possible watching the film on the screen for the first time. I enjoyed it. I had a smile ear to ear grin the whole time. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized this was not a good enough reason to bring the fireflies back. So back to you, Mike. <laughs> um, all right. So next up for general thoughts, let's go to uh, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I'm a lot, uh, again, I feel like we always do that, but I'm I'm a lot on the lines with Jerry, uh, except I'd say, like, I love the movie. I had a lot of fun with it. You know, I, I had a grin most of the time. It's by no means a perfect film, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not looking for films to always be perfect. I'm looking just to be entertained. You know, one of the reasons why I love movies is being able to suspend all disbelief and just tune out and have fun. And, like, look, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time well, most of my favorite movies of all time are very atmospheric, very dreadful, um, slow burns. But sometimes you just need to unplug, and that's exactly what this movie did for me. Um, I completely agree with that. This feels more like a middle instead of an end. Uh, but I was totally fine with the way it ended. Um, you know, I liked, I felt like some of the things that I really loved about House of a Thousand Corpses, just with the kind of grittiness of it and some of the unnerving score, which wasn't as much in The Devil's Rejects. But then you got a little more story like you got in Devil's Rejects. So, man, I, I loved it. I, th I thought it was super fun. I have nitpicks about it, just like I have every movie. And maybe I have a few more nitpicks about this, but it didn't ruin my experience. And really, that's all I'm looking for. So I, I loved it. I had a, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to when it comes out, and I'll, I'll buy the blue, and I'll watch it again. So. All right. Cool. Next up for general thoughts, let's go with Becca. Okay. Um... I liked this movie. I really doubt that this is going to be anybody's favorite of the trilogy. Um, unless they're like a huge Richard Brake fan. Uh, there is one thing that I think uh, in spoilers we'll all talk about that was kind of um, disappointing, but not shocking given like just real life situations. Um, and when I say real life, I mean like real, real life. Um, but, uh, yeah, in general, I do kind of feel like this was a step down from Devil's Rejects. I felt like they had the big, uh, the big, uh, Bonnie and Clyde moment at the end of that. And they really didn't pick up from that very well. I mean, they did a good job explaining how, uh, they could go from that, but I don't, I don't think they like escalated. I think it went kind of up and then it just kind of went down. So I, in general, I liked it. I did, but, um, I, it, it's really, it's, it's the weakest of the three to me, Yes, but not agreed. the weakest, but not the weakest movie of Rob Zombie's career either. So no, I, no. yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but not as much as I would have 
thought I would for a fathom event. <laughs> Fuck. I got my, I I got my poster though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Jeremy, did you want to add anything to, to what you said at the very yeah, beginning? Yeah, yeah. The Devil's Rejects, in my opinion, the ending of that film is the greatest ending in horror history. Hands down, it's the best ending in any horror film ever made. And I do not feel like this movie justified ruining that fucking ending. Like, they should have just left it be. I just feel like Rob Zombie really didn't feel like he wanted to make this movie. I really do feel like there was some sort of pressure from somebody to make another film. And I really do feel like... The reason why, and I'll I'll feel this way too next month when Jay and Silent Bob reboot comes out. They're doing the same thing with the movie. And if that movie sucks too, I'm just going to say that there has to be something here with Lionsgate releasing these movies that they know are probably not going to make any money and are probably just not good. Just dropping them in these Phantom Offense because they know there's fans to these movies. And like I said, I love the ending of The Devil's Rejects. And I just wish that Rob Zombie would have just let it be. And as Rebecca said earlier, as we get into spoilers, when the reason of what happened, Captain Spaulding happens, it should have just ended there. The movie should have just died because when you think of the Firefly family, you think of Captain Spaulding. And it just and, it and just the three the three from hell. It should have just died. Again, Rob who Simon, are the who are the three from hell you are you would expect if you haven't seen the movie, the three from hell are not the three that you think exactly and rob zombie when he went to it's hard not to spoil but when 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 it happened they he should have just been like okay it was a good try uh many movies in his career have never taken off and things like that and it should have just ended it really should have just ended and like i said i i don't have you know i i don't like the way that you really 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 have to dis this suspend your belief in this movie like there's just one moment after the other that characters make that just makes no sense in reality now i understand this is a movie and a lot of time you have to suspend your belief but sometimes it's just absolutely acidine that i just don't believe that things would go down the way that they go down and nobody would bat an eye at anything that happens in this movie uh, especially in the first act as we said the second act that's definitely the best part of the film. There's one moment in the second act that I was like, okay, that's actually really mean-spirited. But besides that, I feel like the rest of the film isn't mean-spirited at all compared to The Devil's Rejects. Like, absolutely nothing. Like, that hotel scene in The Devil's Rejects is absolutely just mean-spirited. And The Devil's Rejects is probably the most brutal, hardcore film ever released widely. Like, when you really think about every film that's been released in theaters, at least this century— Nothing even comes close as being as hardcore and mean-spirited as The Devil's Rejects. And I was going into this movie hoping that we would have the same kind of experience. And while it does dabble in that a little bit, I just don't think it's anywhere near the same uh, level tone as The Devil's Rejects is. And I feel like that's what Rob Zombie was trying to get at. Clearly not the same kind of tone as House of a Thousand. He was clearly trying to get the same tone as Devil's Rejects. And I just think it falls flat on its face. The third act... I mean, really, do you really think the Firefly family, after everything that they've been in the second film, would be in that situation? I don't really believe that, and uh, that's it. I'm looking forward to talking about spoilers. That's my thought. You know, Jeremy, Chinese, I, I, Japanese, Turkish. <laughs> look at these. <laughs> Jeremy, I, I do actually agree with you in that. Like, I was really hoping for this movie to be a lot more mean spirited. Uh, oh, sure. There were so many opportunities for that to happen. And things would just pull away. So I, I do agree with that. 
Yeah, there was a there was a weird morality in there that Baby just escalated when she was in prison, and like Otis was like, I'm not sure about her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as far as uh, I go, um, you know, I I think this is this is definitely a Rob Zombie movie. I think for me, with his, when it comes to his movies. For the most part, I think he has a lot of great ideas. I think sometimes he struggles with uh, constructing like a tight story within them. I think you know throughout the running time, there's lots of cool concepts, a lot of cool things going on the screen. But I also think that uh, sometimes he makes some missteps. I know he pro- he does like a lot of the process himself. I've always said he would benefit from like running his scripts or running his stuff through like other eyes and ears to kind of help him tighten some stuff up. Um, you know, I, I also agree. I like the movie. I think it's probably the weakest of the three. I still think there's plenty of things to like about it. Um, when we get into spoilers, all, you know, I, I kind of was disappointed with how it started off and kind of the explanation because you knew Everyone going into this movie, I mean, one of the biggest questions was like, how the hell do you have a sequel after the end of Devil's Rejects? I mean, that was one elephant in the room. You had to come up with something. And not only, I mean, not only did they, he not really come up with something, it was just like, what? Like, okay. Um, I, got, I got over it, though. I mean, okay, it is what it is. I wasn't particularly satisfied with it but you know i'm not gonna hold it against the movie the entire time but there were but then there was a you know a a few other things that i agree with jeremy you had to really suspend uh suspend some disbelief as far as the way things played out i I would say like in the first act um going into the second act uh literally bonkers yeah there was some bonkers stuff i I agree also with the sentiment that this one's not nearly as dark because it feels like even though these the the fireflies are hardcore criminals, murderers, serial killers, it I don't want to say their killing in this one in this movie was more justified, but it's like most it seems like a lot of the killing that was going on um the people they were killing it was were also like almost garbage people like well, that was just the, the third act though i mean yeah the, well yeah but that's what most of the, the action and stuff goes down i uh, i've always rob zombie he's kind of played this fine line not so much in well maybe even house of a thousand corpses but more so in devil's rejects and then this one he's kind of played that fine line with the fireflies where they're serial killers they're evil but it's almost like the audience is like has their backs regardless the way the the story plays out and the way uh the characters are kind of written um so it, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of a weird that, doesn't that happen tale? with all horror icons we all end up cheering for jason or michael or freddie you know despite how irreprehensible the things that they do are we as horror fanatics are for the most part cheering for them we want to see death we want to see blood and destruction i'm not going to a movie about the devil's rejects to see how the cops catch them 
that's not the reason I'm going to see it. I'm going yeah, to see Yeah, but I'm not going to go see it either with them having bows and arrows and AR-15 guns fucking shooting people. I want right. to see them kill people in mean-spirited dark ways, not fucking in a spaghetti western. Fuck that <laughs> shit. I, I don't want to watch agree the, with you on I that. I don't want to watch the Firefly in a spaghetti western. Fuck this shit. What is this machete? No, it's fucking the Firefly family. Get well, the, the hell out Western, of here. Well, I, I think we're losing the point of why the third act doesn't work. And we'll get into it more, uh, it, you know, in the spoiler section. I don't think it's necessarily the style of filmmaking or even the setting. I think it's the role that the Firefly family plays in that final gunfight that's uh, that I that I have the biggest issue with in the third act. And, and most of the people that I've spoken with have yeah. that same issue with, uh, you know. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to say is, obviously, it's been alluded to, um, we kind of have someone step in for Captain Spaulding's character for a reason we'll get into in spoilers. Um, I, I'm i I'm a little conflicted because I, I think Richard Rake did a fine job. He wasn't bad, but I also think that character was unnecessary to the story. We didn't need, like, did, what did that character really bring storyline wise it was just like okay well one person has to exit so we got to replace it so there's still three but i mean we don't really get much i think we're getting into spoilers right there we kind of are i personally i think that character was introduced because the scenes of otis would have been dreadfully dull without him and again, we're kind of delving into spoilers as to why Baby and Otis are separated for much of this movie. But uh, had had that separation continued and half-brother doesn't show up, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be – there are going to be some Here. pretty dull scenes. Okay, let's just, let's just put it this way, and I don't know if this is the truth or not. But, I, you know, I, I met Sid a couple years ago. He was already very frail. Uh, according to uh, Rob, they started working on this about three years ago. And then the, he started writing it about two. And I can't help but feel like maybe that character was written very, like, malleable to be either, okay, it's either going to be falling or... If he can't do it, if Sid can't do it, then we can meld it into a different character. I can see that because I met Sid around the same time and he was yeah. definitely about the same. Yeah, yeah I, uh... he has not been good for the last few years. We all know this. And but there was there was probably a, a potential that he could have done it. And you could see where they could have made that character Captain Spaulding. Right. Yeah. Well, I was gonna wait till. Well, I'm still gonna wait till spoilers to bring it up. But there. Well, I was just gonna say a couple. (laughs) A couple days. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I'm just gonna say. I was just gonna add to it that there was an article that came out a few days ago that lays exactly why. I just didn't want to bring that up until we get to spoilers because there's no way to get around it once we start talking about that article. So once we get to spoilers, I'll say what the article said. But, anyways, uh, I'll just wrap it up by saying, yeah, overall. I like the movie. Didn't love it. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Um, but to me, it's just like a, like a lot of typical Rob Zombie stuff. It's a mess of a good time. Um, but there's flaws and, you know, you just you kind of take them or leave them. And I think it's probably well, not probably. I, I would say it's the third best of this trilogy, which 
isn't a total indictment because I really like the other two. So mm-hmm. it, to, to say it's the third best of the trilogy doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely am not saying that I dislike the movie. As I said, I enjoyed the experience. But even thinking about it right now, I still enjoy the movie. I would still watch it again. I'm not sure if I'm going to rush out and buy the blue like Brandon right away. But, you know, we'll see. Um, I can I definitely will rewatch this. Um, I'm plan. I'm actually planning on going to see it tomorrow. But uh, those plans are kind of up in the air right now. Me so we'll too. See. Yeah. Going tomorrow. I'm going to go and watch it again tomorrow. Going to go yeah. in there with not high expectations. Well, you know, I didn't. Go, I tried not to go in with high expectations. Uh, you know, as people, as the regular listeners know, I, I try not to deal with expectations and you know uh, things like that. So I try to go in with a blank slate, whether it's a remake, a reboot, a sequel, whatever the case may be. But you know, I, I you know, I can't disagree with Jeremy's problems with the film, as I'm sure we'll get into in deeper detail here in a few minutes. But ultimately, I did still enjoy the movie. To say that it's the weakest of the Firefly trilogy, as Mike said, is not necessarily an insult. It's just more a compliment to the strength of the first two films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I guess that'll wrap up our general thoughts. So just so because I can tell we there's a bunch of stuff we want to say that <laughs> we can't avoid spoilers with. So Venom, I'll kick it to you if you want to start us off. Well, I mean, rather <clears throat> rather than going scene by scene, obviously there are some very major points that people want to talk about, and we've already alluded to it already. So why don't we just jump into it? Um, obviously, uh, the Firefly family survive uh, their encounter with the police at the end of the Devil's Rejects. They each have approximately 20 bullet wounds. They end up going oh, at the... Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not bleed out on the way to the hospital? Exactly. Yeah. That man is 82 years fucking old. 82. 82 <laughs> fucking years old. How does not one of them die? He doesn't say anything supernatural happened, nothing. They just lived. No explanation. Now, we talked about this a lot on the show. I did not want a supernatural way. I did not want a supernatural being. I would rather him do what he did and they just live. But I do not believe that shit, that not at least one of them would have died. Not one of them. I don't believe it. Oh, obviously. I mean, I'm a poker player. I know know about probability. Yes, it's very, very incredibly probable that one or more of them would die. But ultimately, we are horror movie fanatics. We have to suspend disbelief. If two of them die, what's the rest of the movie? The Adventures of Baby? Oh, it shouldn't be another movie. That's the thing. Oh, I told, and I and I agree, and I and I'm still agreeing with you on that point. I don't necessarily regret my time spent with the film, but you know, they live because they have to advance the story. Eh, whether they actually succeeded in advancing the story is up for debate. But, um, but Mike, I I figured we could get into just uh the lack of Sid Haig. Um. Yeah. Listeners, obviously, if you're still with us, you've seen the movie, so you know that Captain Spaulding is put through the uh, the death penalty, um, lethal injection, right? I believe, or yeah. gas. Yes. Lethal injection. Lethal, 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 injection. Injection. lethal injection. He passed away, which obviously leaves two of the three rejects. Um, it and then we're introduced to um, Foxy. I forgot yeah. his nickname, the Midnight Howler or something. Midnight yeah. Howler. There he is, yes. And AKA the half brother of Otis. Right? Yes, he is right. Otis. Otis's half brother, so he's introduced to kind of complete the the quote unquote three from hell. Did um, they ever say which parent he's he no. is? Oh God, with? no, no. <laughs> now can I can I can I say my complaint with this? Please. 
All right. I have the same complaint with Texas Chainsaw. I had the same complaint when I watched Jigsaw. How the fuck does this motherfucker not get mentioned once in the other two movies? Not in the picture. He's a half-fucking-brother. How many half-brothers does Otis have? And why the fuck is he evil, too, all of a sudden? Just because he's his half-brother doesn't make him evil if he didn't grow up in the fucking house or anything like that. Just because he's a half-brother, all the men makes him evil? How do, how do you not fucking mention him? It's the same thing with Jigsaw. How the fuck do you not mention Dr. Gordon and Hoffman in the in the fucking new Saw movie? They're the major okay. fucking characters in the last two, so, in the whole franchise. My, my question, Devil's my question. We had Cutter. How did we okay, not? Okay, so why could it have been Cutter? Why could yeah, it have been, why does all of a sudden this motherfucker shows up? I understand they, that. It, why do they all have to live in the same fucking yeah. house? Well, what makes I mean, them evil? grow up in the what same house, they're not upbringing I mean, what if their parents were very, very promiscuous? Are they are they supposed to keep track of every offspring that they have? That's uh, my impression. Is other fucker then? Well, and the whole thing though is that I mean, Otis is also a drifter. Is family. Yes. You know, he's not actually related to Baby. He's not That's related right. to them. He just came into the family. So I think him not explaining who are, his family members are is fine. Right, like, because, yeah, if you go back to the first one, and, and they aren't blood-related. Not all of them are. Some of them are. Not all of them are. But family is family when you're talking about, especially when you're talking about psychos. Come on. <laughs> the saw is family. I'll go with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, I had less problems with the introduction of the half-brother because ultimately, if if this guy's been spreading his seed all over the southern half of the country, he could have dozens of kids. Who the hell well, knows? So whatever. And, and the fact of the matter is, Cutter is the half-brother of uh, Captain Spaulding and Devil's Rejects, and he's black. So, hey, <laughs> you should have had more problem with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you should totally not have a problem with them letting the most evil son of a bitch in the history of the United States out in a chain gang thinking nothing fucking is going to happen. Get the hell out of here. This, would you see Charlie Manson out in a fucking chain gang in the middle of nowhere? I wasn't. Get the fuck out of here. This guy is the most evil son of a bitch ever. They know he has family members. They have to know he has family members. What the fuck do they think is going to happen? Get the fuck out of here. That is some uh, bullshit. They, they I was kind of laughing Trejo at that. is, bullshit. like, going to keep him in line. I, don't uh, know. I was kind of, like, wondering, like, dude's on death row. He ain't going out to dig ditches with only, like, two guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, and, you know, once again, it's just one of those plot points that we kind of have to accept. Just to advance maybe, maybe the and, 70s were a different time in Max Prison. So well, this like. would have been. Well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That would have still been in the 70s, I guess. Wait, oh, no, the escape he, was in the 80s. The, the escape was 10 years later. But no, but he wasn't on death row. It, uh, yes, baby was on death row and uh, Captain Spaulding was. I don't right. think they ever... I don't think I ever said that Otis was. Yeah, Otis did not get the death penalty. He got multiple life sentences. That's right. So, That's right. I mean, who knows? Even, I mean, yeah, even... Yeah, yeah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Mike, if you want to talk about the lack of sick ha- uh, Sid Haig in this one, uh, this might be a good spot as to Funny. why he was replaced. Funny you said sick Haig, but... <laughs> well, I so, mean... Yeah. Oh, hi. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's sad. I mean, honestly, but, um, so I haven't read. The, I I read the article a few days ago. From what I remember, basically Rob Zombie, yeah, Sid was not in condition to like film, and Sid Hay came in and basically said, "You got me for a day. 
you can film as much as you can fit in a day. And he said a lot of the stuff of from Richard Brake's character actually would have been Captain Spaulding, but uh, because he couldn't film like a full length movie, he yeah. they they basically found a way to write him out of the movie. Um, I I think you can I, tell too because the scenes that Sid was in at the beginning, he just seemed like he was he looks really tired and old. Oh yeah, he, he looks fresh. I read that like Lionsgate wanted to let him do the movie. Because of insurance reasons, he couldn't pass the physical and everything like that. And they, Bob Zombie had to go to Lionsgate and convince them to let Sid Haig show up for one day. Yeah. And Lionsgate agreed, but he could not do like anything that would make him injured or anything like that. So all he did was have him walk in and sit down at the table. That's it. That's all that happened. It's not, it's not only the way he looked, but even the sound of his voice was like a lot different to me than yeah. the way he sounded in the previous two movies. So yeah, he just was frail. He, and, he's yeah, he's not good. And um, like I said, like two years ago or whatever, two years ago in June, I had dinner with him, and I mean he he was still like the feisty guy that you would know, but man, he was frail and just not really with it and then this last uh july i saw him it was his 80th birthday and uh i gave him a hug and he was like i mean he felt like a skeleton i mean he he's just yeah he's just not good it, it, and he's probably fine but not good to like be captain spalding anymore yeah when he was executed, like, was that the same point? Was that like 10 years into their sentence? Because mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can explain out some of just how old and frail he looks in that interview. Is that like he was already old and then he gets shot and then he's in prison for 10 years? So, yeah, I, it was supposed to be like 10 years when all that shit was happening with all of them. Because, you know, you totally give somebody who's on death row who murdered a bunch of people a, a parole hearing after 10 years. It's totally a thing. Totally a thing. <laughs> right, and you let them condition their hair and like barrel curl it, you know, every day, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know, she man. Looks so uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here's hole movie. number two. Jerry's also been digging into too deep a shit like he always does. They also, towards the beginning, they did like the almost like the natural wrong killer thing where they had like the little cult following of people. Oh, oh yeah, that's it was the gonna, way it would yeah. be. That's totally, totally the way it would be, though. And especially yeah. 79. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Manson family was like yes. that. Bundy was exactly. like that. That stuff exactly. happens. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to be a fan or to, to be, you know, enamored with somebody's charisma, but to actually flat out say, oh, I don't think they did it. I don't think they did it. I mean, come on. You, they could you could still say they did it and be a fan. I just that that seemed incredibly ignorant, but whatever. <laughs> no, but there were people who did that for like the Manson family and Bundy. It, it took me a little Bundy, bit. Yeah, Bundy was one of the ones who he. He maintained he didn't do it, and you could believe that he didn't. <laughs> and why would anybody believe Baby? Because she's so cute. She just like floats in the wind. Isn't that what they said? Yeah, yeah. I, that that's one of the things I was gonna say about uh, Sherry Moon's acting performance in this one. When she is the chipper little innocent, oh, it couldn't have been us character but then she instantly transitions to fuck you sherry uh to you know fuck you baby as soon as they get their life sentence i I thought that was just brilliant i mean she because she still had her level of over-the-top craziness to her but the cuteness went away and then it turned into just evil just evil bitch and i fucking loved it 
by far her most dynamic uh, performance uh, as baby. Anyway. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, like I said before, I love that Otis came back and was like, he was doing like, whoa, she's like wacko. <laughs> oh, that's great. Like, even he was like, oh, she's uh, maybe a little wacko than she was before. Because I was thinking, man, she seems really over the top. Like, even more than she was in Devil's Rejects. And it's mm-hmm. like, yep, because she kind of cracked in prison. She well, did that- that scene when she's laying on the floor and like looking oh, through the grate and you, yes, you're like, yeah. this is someone who's already crazy. And then she's been in prison for 10 years. Like, it's the white you know, unicorn crazy. all over again. Oh, shut <laughs> up. It took me a couple scenes with the prison guard to recognize that it was oh, Dee yeah. Wallace. Oh yeah. Like, like once we got like a shot, like a closer up shot of her face, I was like, holy shit. That's the. I thought she was really cool. Like, oh, she's great. Yeah. Her 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 prison guard character, um, how she was just kind of going toe to toe with baby as far as attitude and mouthing off at her, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then she tried to arrange to get her killed, which not surprising. <laughs> Death by lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. Lesbian prison movie. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It, it was. As a fan of the movie, it was very obvious what the outcome of that was going to be when they decided not to show the audience. So, but I, ha, God damn it, I still would have liked to have seen even a couple of seconds of it. Not, not the terrible flashy editing that Rob did in this movie. And that was one thing that I did actually mean to say is Rob's um, editing during the machete fight was fucking awful. Did anybody else notice just how jumpy and just terrible it was? I, oh, the one at the end. Yes, yeah, I, I jumped ahead a little bit, but we were talking about. I, I was talking about Rob Zombie's editing, and there was that mm-hmm. one scene that really bugged me. I mean, we could we could probably talk more about it when we get to it, but yeah, just uh, man, it's like he reverted his editing style somehow. Yeah, that one didn't <laughs> bug me as much as the uh, as the jumpiness when he, baby against those two big crazy. Yeah, yeah, just the, the flash. Like, the I thought flashes, that was. Yeah. That was just, it was such a good opportunity again to like have something kind of like gory and mean spirited and they just kind of skipped it. So I thought that yeah. was. There were, there were a few of those. And especially when we were watching the NC-17 version, all of us yeah. who watched it last night, at least that was the uh, quote unquote unrated version. Yeah. Like it seemed kind of weird that there were a lot of cutaways. Yeah. And, and a couple of them were fine. Like it seemed to be like dramatic, but. Yeah, that one. Um, like how do you not show them fucking cutting the face off? That's yeah. like the best fucking kill in the movie, and you exactly. don't show it. Exactly. Like, yeah. how do you not yeah. show it? That's like the most gnarly thing you could do. I right. mean, is, how do is you cut not, away is from that? Is that guy sharp? You don't want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, you yeah. show it. Like, why do you. Even, even just a little bit and then cut away. Like, yeah, there were a few, there were a few things that I felt like I was a little cheated on, especially for NC-17. Yeah, you see that shit in Ice Without a Face in 1960, they fucking show that shit. How can you not show it now? It's 2019. Like, come on. And what's up with that fucking clown? What is up with the clown? What purpose does that clown have? And why the fuck is that oh, clown there? Okay. I understand Clint, you want to have Clint Howard, Howard being the fucking Yes. Movie. But what is he there? Like, what purpose why? is that clown there? Like, I think in, I in, think subconsciously. I think subconsciously. Yes, in the context of the movie, I believe that Otis subconsciously missed Captain Spaulding's presence. Because you know if Captain Spaulding was there, he would have been in clown makeup. Yes, and but, I, that clown, but that cream. clown's actually there. Why is he there and how is he there and what okay. reasons? 
see there. Okay, when okay when the warden and the other guy are first walking in, the house is all dark. There, there's like a balloon like lamp or something to the side, which suggests like between that and then that the uh, the the arrival of the clown. That there was like some kind of kids' birthday party going on. But where's the kids then? I know. Is the kids <laughs> smart? I kept waiting for a kid. Yeah, and I if was. If you watch that, he walks by, and there's like one of those like plastic lamps with like balloons like sitting mm-hmm. next to there there, and he's like calling for his wife, and he's like, "Hey, where is everybody?" I was yeah, I was kind of wondering like why the clown even just randomly showed up at the house like if it was like some type of oh, telegram he or show up, no way. <laughs> yeah. otis called well i i, well, I know the, the I, swan I, clown yeah. well no i know we're not supposed to believe he randomly showed up but it just was weird because like i don't it was like what was his purpose for actually going there but yeah. l- what about okay let's talk about the actual prison break itself because i yeah. thought that was kind of lame it it just seems like okay i understand like why the warden would go along with it initially like okay yeah i'll take this note to the prison and set the ball rolling but i'm like unless otis and uh what well, Helen what the, what's Helen wolf's nickname or whatever so i don't have to say that every time wf 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 foxy unless like they specifically sent or one of them went after him to follow him to make sure why would he not like just alert cops and say, okay, this is what their plan is. Be on alert. Mm-hmm. And the minute like anything goes down, blast them. Or, you know, it, it just seems like, and I understand it's a movie. You gotta, you gotta kind of roll with it, but it just, I wasn't that could have led that, that, that could have led to like something more I was, elaborate. I, I was more mad at the fact that they're like, Oh, okay, let's get the most, let's get this horrible serial killer and we're just going to put him in guard uniforms. That's going to be okay. Nobody's right. going to say anything. We're, we're not just going to walk her. out the front door of this prison and nobody's going to know who she we're is. Not gonna no one's going to say in. anything. Get the fuck out of here. Get the we're shit out of here. That's the worst part long, of the movie. Blonde hair in a bun. And Hey, you know what? She's got on those like nasty, like uh prisoner uh, canvas shoes. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They just killed Dee Wallace, and she's got on the uh, the pumps that all the guards wear. Why doesn't she wear those? I, I'm just saying it is the worst part of the movie. I'm sorry. How Put the, the fuck does on she just perfect. walk out the goddamn front door with no questions asked? No one says anything. Nobody notices D. Wallace dead in the warden's floor. I just do not buy that shit whatsoever that just because she puts on a guard's uniform, nobody yeah. knows who the fuck she is, and she just walks out the front door. And the fact Come on, man. Come on. You could have came up with something a little bit better than that. Well, well that's, that's what I said. I was, ho- I, was hoping, I was hoping we would get something more elaborate as far as that. Like, I don't I, – I didn't so much mind the initial plan because it is what it is, but – her actually exiting the prison. I thought there was an opportunity to make it more, a little more grandioso. Like say like, you said like, like Jeremy's saying, like maybe they get to the, through a couple exits, but you know, these max prisons have like so many gates and stuff. Maybe at the very end, she has to do something more big and over the top to escape because we basically, he, what he gets her, she kills D Wallace's prison guard character. And then what they cut right to her, them showing up at the house. Like, Hey, it was no problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, what? It was really that easy? I think that no matter what Rob Zombie filmed, it would have been disappointing because as we've already given multiple reasons why that escape would never work. So 
anything that he wrote, we all would have rolled our eyes at and just been like, no, that's just ridiculous. That's that just couldn't happen. So if anything, I'm okay with him skipping that part because it just it just adds more anger to the movie that and there's plenty there already to to be had. So I did think that was ridiculous. But also when you watch a lot of those old 70s grindhouse movies or even a lot of Jallos, I mean, they do the same weird stuff that doesn't make sense, though. So Mm -hmm. it's not like this is an unheard of tactic. Yeah. I, I just feel like it should have been like, oh, hey, just get her in the office or whatever. And then, like, they got Dee Wallace in there and she ended up dying. Or, and then they, they put her outfit on Baby. Like, the whole idea that he called in somebody else, I need a prison outfit. I need, you know, prison yeah. guard outfit. It was just weird. Like, oh, my God, could you be more obvious here, buddy? Yeah, like, ultimately, me- he already knows he's going to lose his job. He already He's well right. aware that this is the – he's just trying to save his family at this point. He's trying to make Which it so that it's – stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, if you know who you're dealing with, you know that they're dead already. So you know, whoever said that, you know, he should have just called the cops and said, hey, they're at my house. Go get them. That's actually a valid thing to do, because ultimately, you know, you're dealing well, he, with complete sociopaths. Your family well, is he even is trying to, like, kill himself in his office. And then he's like, no, I can't, because then he looked at the picture of his family. Oh, right, yeah. Like, fuck, you know? <laughs> And they're not going to know that he calls the cops because they're not with them. So exactly. it's like, what's stopping him? Yep. Like, it's not like they're going to bust through the door yeah, and it, fuck him up. It just seemed like too easy of a plot to, like, foil or at least <laughs> put at least put more resistance up to it. That's why the, my my point wasn't so much the, the, the kind of weak plot, but, like, there's just zero resistance to it. Like, you're not – you're telling me no steps of the way – we could have got more confrontation as for when her escape happened, but you know, but, but I mean, Brandon did make the point. Yeah. It's not unheard of with kind of the yeah. house movies. Only but. Oliver Stone can film a good prison escape scene. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm by no means staunchly defending this part of the movie. Uh, I thought it was dumb too. It was silly, but again, I just took it as the fact, like it's not supposed to be this hardcore serious part. I mean, at least I didn't take it as one. Well, the whole movie is just grand house exploitation. I mean, we shouldn't be looking at this and comparing it to The Godfather, for God's sake. To, to Shawshank I mean, Redemption. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a exploitation film in every sense of the word. I mean, right down to the film stock and you know the the, the terrible lighting in some of the scenes. Ratio. Yes, exactly. Everything. I mean, so I mean, I you know. Obviously, everybody's going to judge it the way they're going to judge it. We all have different eyes connected to different brains. So um, obviously what doesn't work for some isn't going to work for others. And like I said, I'm okay with Rob Zombie just glossing over that because anything he did would have been stupid. So, oh, I'm okay with that one. (laughs) It just would have added another stupid scene for us to complain about. So that's that's the best defense of something ever. Well, anything would have been stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh, all right so where are we we were after the we're prison the break house. and oh, the warden's house. Yep. yeah so they're back at the warden's house we get kind of like our reunited firefly family and it doesn't um, feel so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the murdering of the warden's i guess it's like family and friend like they almost like they were having a dinner party or something yeah something the scene with the urn yeah. is definitely the best moment in the entire film. Like, the single moment, that's the best single moment of the film, is when he's fucking 
putting the ashes on the warden's wife or whoever the hell he is. Like that is that, brutal. That's like so mean spirited. Like that's away. what I wanted to see in the rest of the movie. Like mean spirited wise, like that kind of stuff. Like yeah, that's that. just fucking brutally mean. Like I was sitting there going, see, why can't we get more of stuff like that? That's more devil's rejects kind of stuff where it's just fucking mean spirited and just that shit. That's as brutally mean to take a fucking person's mother's ashes and rub it in their face. Like, come on. That's fucking hardcore. I was that's, laughing that's pretty good hard. Shit. That is some good shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the best part of the movie. Easily, yeah. yeah. At least the darkest, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's it's definitely, to me, where it's like you're almost, like Brandon said, you're laughing, but it's you're also, like, uncomfortable because it's just like, damn, it's dark and harsh. Yeah. And that's the devil's rejects, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on more of that. Yeah. All right, so after that, they what they hit the road and head to the hotel, right? Uh, some hotel, yeah, up near the border, yep. Yeah, random hotel, because this is before they actually have the idea to go to Mexico. I think mm-hmm. they're they're kind of like they don't know what their next move is, so they're at the hotel, um, and then uh, baby wants to go have some fun, which baby I guess... has another another soda machine exper- experience. <laughs> <laughs> So, yep. Yes. So she uses her looks, of course, to like semi seduce a dude, and then I guess she gets to murder him. <laughs> but but think to. about how how long is that scene? The entire scene from when they pull up to the hotel to they leave. It has to be twelve, fifteen minutes. But what purpose does that entire scene have in general besides the fact that they decide to go to Mexico? Like it has no other purpose or anything like that like it has nothing nothing worthwhile to the plot or the character development you you learn that they want to make pornos and (laughs) baby kills some and baby kills a person but it really has no purpose i i i I disagree um baby this scene kind of speaks to the psychopathy of baby think about it in the first two movies baby could confidently go a day or two without having to kill someone now she literally it's been hours since she killed the warden and and uh, excuse me um d wallace's guard character and the warden's wife and already she's bored already she's antsy um it's it's like i said it's speaking more to her psychopathy and her being just an absolute sociopath and how she's worse now than she was before that's fine i mean you know i'll buy that i'll buy that yeah yeah it's a minor point i'm not saying that it's making no even the guys even the guys make a point to say it she's like yeah. I'm bored. They're like, uh, breaking out of prison. That's, uh, not enough for one day for you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that line, uh, from Otis Driftwood about yeah. she's not the same as she used to be. Uh-huh. That's a pretty fucking heavy line. If you really think about it, this is Otis fucking Driftwood calling someone yes. else crazy. Think about that for a yes. second. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's a pretty heavy line. And, and even Otis saying it, I think he even is like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. But, yeah, my sister's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> she is just the devil now. And, you know, I, not to say that he has a major problem with it so much as there's a little bit of fear there. I mean, it, it's one thing to deal with a psychopath on their own level. But when a psychopath is elevated to like some new level of psychopathy i mean they haven't talked for 10 years you know they've been totally away from each other and And another kill not on screen yeah yeah exactly and she's talking to foxy more than she's talking to otis for the first 
you know, few hours that they're back together. Otis is just all business. And, you know, Foxy's the only one who's actually like seems happy to see baby, you know. So for whatever that's worth, it just again, it speaks more to Otis and his role in the family and how that's evolving along with baby's role. Baby's almost the new Otis, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she, yeah, she's become kind of the more unpredictable one. Exactly. Yes. Oh, but yeah, then then what? We go to Mexico. Yeah, go to day, yeah. day of the dead. Yeah, and this is uh, this is where I have my major problem with the film, along with a lot of other people that I've spoken to, is that at this point, um, the Firefly family is no longer dealing with innocent people. They're no longer dealing with cops. Now they're dealing with a Mexican cartel. Um, as it turns out, Danny Trejo is the father of a Mexican cartel, uh, drug lord, cartel leader, whatever you want to go with. And um, he's out for revenge, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, somebody rats on the fireflies, uh, calls them, let them know, hey, they're in my hotel, blah, you know, so on and so forth. We get a set piece with uh, a hotel manager. Yeah. Oh, and the hotel manager himself actually was a pretty interesting character. I loved yeah. the way he spoke, actually. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I loved him. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like your common like little hustler guy. Like, he, you know, he's looking around every corner to make a, an extra dollar on something. And he's always selling selling people on everything. And exactly. I thought he was kind of hilarious. Yeah. But my major problem is... And this alludes to Jeremy's desire for more, you know, meanness and brutality in the movie is that the Fireflies are about just, you know, random, just craziness. When you've got them going up against a Mexican drug cartel, suddenly you've turned them into antiheroes. And I don't like the Fireflies as antiheroes. I, I want them to be hmm. dirty, despicable, mean, angry. I don't want to be necessarily out out loud cheering for them obviously inside i'm cheering for them but when they're going up against a drug cartel and suddenly roles are reverse and you're you're kind of like hoping that they survive and that they kill all the mexicans and blah 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 and it's like i i found myself in a really weird place like i said as i was experiencing it i thought it was kind of cool but then after the film the more i thought about it the more i felt like that just wasn't the, it didn't feel like the fireflies it didn't feel like the devil's rejects it felt like you know a a, a gang that just got cornered by another gang and defended you know them. what you're being very very presumptuous <laughs> There were no <laughs> there were no mentions of that being a drug cartel. Well, a Mexican They were just Mexican <laughs> assassins. How dare you? Okay? Get them. How, How dare you? Dare you? <laughs> okay. So you're telling me that that's all they do is they kill people? They're literally a club of just assassins. And no where drugs, the hell does he no get $10,000? 10,000 Americans. You know what? We don't know there are drugs involved. Well, I thought they alluded to it because I thought when he first called him, they, he was asking if he wanted, like, cocaine or something. Like, when the manager first calls him and he's like, oh, I, I thought it, that was mentioned, which is what you would allude to the cartel. But I've only, oh, of course, I've only well, seen it well, once. We just so. want, like, some Lucha Libre event. <laughs> Come on. What were they called? Like, the... Something devil. But most of them wore white suits. It didn't make girls, any sense. One of those girls had a really bad boob job. Like really <laughs> bad. Oh like, yeah, it yeah, was that like was like a awful. horrible boob job. Like if I had if I was a girl and I got a bad boob job like that, I would not be going around showing my tits on screen, no offense. And, and one of them saying, it was just bad. 
And one <laughs> no of them had clause. way high hopes, man. She was all about like, I got a boyfriend now. Like, oh, yeah, that was sweetheart. Funny. Oh my <laughs> God, you're the most like oblivious whore I've ever seen on screen. When she's like, you're going to take me to Hollywood? Yeah. And she's like, to be in the movies? He's like, uh, something like that. Something like that, yep. <laughs> oh, my favorite line in this whole movie is during this scene. Uh, when the girl finds the bottle of tequila and she says, hey, I found tequila. And Otis just says, well, thank God. I got I, I need something to wash the yeah. taste of you bitches out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was so, yeah. uh, my whole theater lost it during that line. That definitely got the biggest great. reaction. <laughs> that was great. Uh, what was the name of the little guy? Well, he was he was like tiny junior, right? Yeah. I don't know what his name was, Lollipop Kid. I mean, Lollipop Kid. <laughs> yes, but it, it, I love I love that dynamic though. Like when she's like, "You remind me of my brother Tiny." I mean, he was huge, but you had the same vibe or whatever. God, I love that. <laughs> well, even yeah, that, I mean, it's kind of like what you're saying, Jerry. It's like this weird transition from us rooting the we rooted for him in the first two movies as antagonists, but it's like this yeah. weird twitch of them, like all of a sudden becoming good, but still being bad. Yeah. Like like so, they're, they, they have it. They have a shootout in devil's rejects that, so they, they use guns, but just this feels like it's just a totally different kind of nacho libre machete kind of feel to it where they're like, kind you know, like is. I said, spaghetti Westerns where they use slow-mo and she's like hiding in the shadow, shooting a bow and arrow. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, literally, what is this shit? What happens to, like, them in the hotel going, yeah, I'm going to cut off your tits or I'm going to cut off your your underwear? Like, what happened? Yes, what happened? There is this thing where they have, they're, okay, it's now Baby and Otis. And they go through that kind of conversation in the hotel room. And it's, like, almost like it's just the two of us now. Like, and they have this whole idea of family. And I think they're kind of trying to recreate. They're they're trying to put their family back together. That's and I think idea. Lollipop Kid is one of them. He, <laughs> I, I don't know his name, Tiny Lollipop Kid, but like I, I think they're starting to like uh, gather in the people that they care about and bring in their family again. And again, what is the one thing Rob Zombie films are known for? That is his gore and his effects. And what does his ending have? Nothing but shitty CG slow motion close-ups that look yeah. absolutely horrible. Like the guns when they're shooting, like the gun shooting actually looks like a fucking asylum movie. Like it looks bad the way that the guns are shooting and the way that they are fucking going in people's arms and bleeding. Like it looks bad. Like if you're gonna have bad CG, don't be using close ups of the fucking bolts going into their wounds. Because it just well, looks my- bad. Like I understand he didn't have the money like he did on the other two films to do like gnarly effects and stuff like that, but don't have like this huge ass thing where you're expecting a lot of effects. Like gun guns, guns have a lot of effects, no matter how you do it. Mm-hmm. And don't be writing a, a a scene with a bunch of guns if you're known for your effects and you're 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 being gnarly with your with your gore and stuff like that, and then go and ruin it with CG. I just thought that he 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 notched it down a little bit with the CG. I was just impressed how good of a shot Baby was with the bow and arrow yeah. from, from yeah, never bad. using one before. 
She's well, just hitting dude after dude. Another assumption that we make that she's never used one. Who knows? Maybe she went to summer camp. We yeah. All yeah. Bow and arrows one of the things that bugged me about the guns, too, is, um, and this is just for me being a gun nut, is that a lot of the guns that they used, like some of the parts on them, weren't available back then. And that was, <laughs> that's just one of my nitpicks. Like, they didn't make handguards like that back then. And there were some things where I didn't think that they did that accurately but th- th- those are just nitpicks so those rifles exist in the 80s because those rifles looked awful techie the uh, car- uh, the mexican ones yeah AR- ar-15s have been yeah. out no, yeah ars have been out since vietnam okay they just didn't use them in vietnam because they weren't as reliable right. but they didn't have some of those parts uh, okay but you know what when uh otis gets in the car with the one guy and then you know he's like okay whatever he shoots him he like sprays him with bullets i'm like Otis, Otis, no, no, no. You know, preserve your fucking ammo. Well, Why does I he like have to that, go that though. crazy? Nobody ever Why, but there's a perfect example of where Why? you, you could have killed him slowly in a very devil's rejects kind of way. It's just or him and Otis it... in a car. Like, why does he stab him, cut him up, rip his intestines out? Something evil son of a bitch, like... Otis would do. Why does he just fucking unload? Why does he I don't just spray Well, that's why I think he kept style. shooting. Waste, waste, waste. Yeah, he, he did waste a lot of bullets there. Well, but I think that, you know, that makes up for him not, you know, cutting the guy's face off or something like that. It's like he did keep shooting. He didn't need to, but he kept doing it. So I like that. Well, yeah. we didn't get to see any of that, so. Yeah, that was lame. <laughs> that's the yeah. problem, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then I guess it comes down to our big finale. Right, Mike? The big finale. Well, over one of the finale, biggest finales anyway. to them just walking out into the sunset. The machete like, fight. Yeah. The machete oh. fight and then the final dispatch, yeah. <laughs> and like I've already I've already said my problems with the machete fight. It's not a bad scene in and of itself. I just think it's very very poorly edited, is all. I didn't I didn't like as I'm watching it, I was getting motion sickness and it bothered me. I couldn't tell who was swinging what who was getting hit with what. At one point, baby said the score was three to one. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I thought, you know, so, yeah, just poor editing choices during that scene. That's all. I didn't hate the scene, though. It's just because of the fact that Devil's Rejects went out in such a blaze of glory. Not I mean, yes, the fact that realistically they likely all died and i think that was rob zombie's initial intent before he decided to do a sequel it's just just really no way around it i i mean because the way the scene it's not just that they're getting shot at it's just the way the fireflies are approaching it is like they know it's the end of the line so it's like let's just kill as many of them as we can before we get taken out so did you guys have the little introduction before yeah, yours, yes, intro, Rob yeah. Zombie, yeah, where he was like, uh, yeah, people asked me if I was going to make another movie, and he's like, clearly, no, I was not going to. Yeah, what's I mean, funny yeah, is, he, what's funny is we got that intro, and the volume didn't work, and oh, it actually, it actually got about 30 seconds into the movie, and the volume was on mute, so someone went and told, like, the projectionist, and oh. he re- he rewound it, but not all the way to Rob Zombie's, like, intro, just to the beginning of the movie, uh, so I had no idea what he said at the... Well, it's just a Dish <laughs> Network stream, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, so I was gonna add, um, so the, so we get our ending, like, the kind of freeze frame, and then as the credits start rolling, we're, we're getting the shot 
of kind of it almost looks like they're shooting the hills on the highway of the end of Devil's Rejects, kind of yeah. bringing it all back. Yeah. That's what for a second I thought. And so we all sat there, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was sitting there seeing like, okay, is are they gonna go? Uh, for so I was kind of contemplating. I was like, maybe, maybe they're gonna do like Rob Zombie's writing it to where like none of this should actually happen, and they we find out they actually all did die, mm. and this was just like some kind of. You know, last yeah. the end of their life. Jacob's ladder, like dreamt, dreamt type of thing. Like in their heads, this is that they lived on and went on to do all this shit. Oh, I would have been so it, mad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, uh, I would have been so mad. Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering because I was like, it looks like the highway that the Devil's Rejects ended on. And why are we oh getting God. this right now? <laughs> I know JP would have lit us this shit if that is the way that went down. Oh yeah, I know for a fact. Oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, it just it was something I was just con- like, why are, why are we getting this long tracking shot? Um, yeah. Maybe it'll lead to something, but it didn't. And there was nothing after the credits. I, I stuck around just to see. But, uh, you know, I if this is truly it for them, I, I, I guess I'm a little disappointed that we didn't kind of, like, I really wish that somehow Dr. Satan he didn't have to play like some major part, but I, it, cause definitely from house of thousand corpses to devil's rejects, it, the style of movie definitely changed and it, it's fine because I like, like I said, I like devil's rejects. But he a lot. hates Dr. Satan. He said it before. Like he shot scenes with Dr. Satan and devil's rejects that were cut. Like, I think oh, like man. quite a bit of quite a bit of the movie had Dr. Satan in it. And then he's like, Oh, this is stupid. So he cut it out. And I was like, I mean, Dexter Satan obviously was one of those things that he thought was going to be, cool. uh, like, yeah, he thought it was going to be like a, uh, an iconic thing, and nobody liked it. Everybody liked the fireflies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, ditch that one. Go with I that. actually love Dr. Satan. I remember. Th- really? I, it was actually one of the things I was raving about the most after the first time I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I was like, I fucking love Dr. Satan. I, I, I love the first movie except for. Uh, a lot of people are like that. I, yeah. I, I understand that. but Didn't get it. It gave me more of a almost demonic feel to it. Aside from his name, of course. Just the way he moved. Um, you know, looking partially cybernetic. I, I, I was just kind of into it. Yeah, you look like a Rob Zombie video. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's why I thought it fit. And I, I actually wanted more of them in the first movie, but, you know, whatever. Well, not to be a Debbie Donner, I don't think you'll be seeing any more Dr. Satan. I kind of figured. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get an animated version in a couple of years. So the, yeah. the further adventures of Dr. Satan animated. I'd be all right yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I, I think Rob figured out none of us really wanted Dr. Satan. I know. So bad. He'll make a fourth movie where Dr. Satan's like Otis's other half-brother. Yeah. They- you, guys saw, <laughs> you guys saw the deleted scene with Dr. Satan, right? And Rosario Dawson? Uh, uh, oh, my God. No. You never saw that? Oh. Is that on the Blu-ray? Oh, uh, yeah. It should be on the Blu-ray. It, um, it, Rosario Dawson plays... Uh, a nurse, uh, she's actually Dr. Satan's nurse after he's captured, and I won't say any more after that, but it should be on YouTube, but if you have the Blu-ray, it definitely is on there, too. Cool. Yeah, check that out. I, I don't remember if that's a House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects deleted scene, but it's obviously one of them. Yeah. 
But yeah, check it out. Dr. Satan and well, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> it'd be even more interesting if it was Devil's Rejects, because that's putting Dr. Satan into that movie. Well, I know they like shot scenes with him, so yeah, exactly. that's what I read. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yep. Okay. All right. How to steam, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I think we've said everything we're going to say about uh, Three from Hell. So before we get out of here, let's find out where everyone else can hear us elsewhere. So, Venom, um, I'll start with you. What What's new that you got coming out? Um, basically just the stuff that I'm doing with you, Theme Warriors. We just put put out that episode of the Underdog Stories. Uh, we'll be working on the new episode very, very soon. Um, obviously for No More Room in Hell, we've got planned two early 80s alien invasion films, um, which uh, are pretty fun. So look forward to that one. Uh, the horror cast, as I've already mentioned, is back. We've got one episode under the belt and we were supposed to... Uh, record another one tonight but unfortunately that got postponed but we'll be recording uh our feature review of monster squad for the first of our three um october episodes um and then uh cult unknown is my newest podcast with mr jerry herring from kill the cast oh, Shut no. up. Shut up, jeremy oh, yes. i fucking I, that's, I said it i, I did it you made me sit here for an hour and 22 minutes and you mentioned that no good son of a bitch piece of shit. Come on, I, man. Well, oh. you know. Nah, he's I, all right. He's a good guy. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, Cult Unknown on the Legion Podcast Network. And then uh, Slice and Dice Dreadcast is still on hiatus. And Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space just released, or no, should be releasing an episode in the next day or two. Um, where we looked at Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Uh, next episode, we're going to do a four-episode retrospective of uh, the Ultraman series. We're going to do four episodes from the original Ultraman series. Uh, that'll be for next month's episode, and that's all on my plate. Cool. That's a, that's a heavy plate. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, Brandon, we, we know what you're on, but there's probably been something new since the last time you've been on here. Yeah. So uh, last week we dropped a new episode of the anatomy of fear and that one we had the revenant Vin on. So that was super fun. And we did a discussion of uh, masculinity and film and that discussion kind of went all over the place. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, Vin's just, he's like the smartest dude ever. So he was, uh, it was really fun to podcast with him. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, please do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love guesting over here and just working on a, uh, my reviews and stuff on hardstepdesign.com. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Cool. Next up, let's see. Becca, what have you been up to lately? I've got In the Mic of Madness. Uh, we also have a spinoff show of that called uh, SOBs, who love SOB, that I'm doing with Slade Shepard. And we are talking about shot on video shit. I'm also on Not Quite Final Girls, which is my YouTube uh, channel, and uh, Triple B Theater, which we're going to have some cool shit going on there that's on uh, YouTube. Cool. we got to get Jason on here, too, sometime. Yes. He, he's starting he, to actually make appearances in the chat thread, so yes, that's I the know. first step. My <laughs> God, he's he yeah, he's got some issues <laughs> going on there, and I'm like, you need to come play with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> cool, uh, Jeremy. Uh, when is the big return of Twenty Two Shots? It's coming up soon, right? 
All Never. right, so all of our lives have changed quite a bit over the last five years on the show. Like, all of our lives drastically changed. You know, Mood says I had a lot of life stuff. He's had a kid and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah, a little bit of stuff. My work, <laughs> you know, my work is, is I'm a freelancer, so it's a little bit unknown of all our schedules and everything like that. And like I said, all of our lives have changed. So I don't know what the future of the 22 Shots is going to be. You know, it we plan a show and then stuff happens and we have to unplan a show and it keeps happening. So, you know, I'm not saying that the show's going away. We're still going to be doing our show and stuff like that, but I don't know when we're going to keep on doing our show. Um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to get together and figure it out. But, um, as of now, I don't know when a new episode's going to come out, but, uh, we're not going to be going away. We just got to figure stuff out. So that's that. That's the situation with 22 shots. Are you guys still planning on doing that in chapter two? Or are you going to just like kind of add that to whatever you're doing next just for like timing? And Well, we were supposed to. We were supposed to do it last night. Uh, Moots said that something came up and he couldn't do the show. JP can't do it tomorrow because he's going to see three from hell. So now again, it's not working out. So, like I said, it's just it's just a whole thing with all of our schedules working together, and then we keep planning a show, and then stuff happens and it goes away. A lot of stuff happened last season, as you know, where me and JP were just doing some shows without moods, and you know it's starting stuff starting deep in that way again. So I don't know what's the what's the future of Twenty Two Shots. Like I said, I don't think it's going away, but as of now, I don't know what's really going on with it. That's the honest opinion to all the homies and homieettes listening. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's definitely a hard thing. We've put a lot of our love, sweat, time, and effort into the show. And, uh, you know, life changes suck sometimes. And, you know, we're not the same people that we were five years ago or even, you know, two years ago. So, you know, we're still figuring stuff out. But like I said, we're not going anywhere. Um, and even if we're not as regular as we used to be. I still think that we're going to be around and we're still going to do, you know, our shows in, in some sort of or another capability. So that is that with the 22 shots. And that's the only place I like to be because I suck at podcasting and uh, I love my homies. So <laughs> yeah. And who else, who else are we going to have to feud with exploding heads? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not the same when an exploding heads episode comes out and there's not like a 22 shots to answer back. I know we were in, we were in a long run and I think like last season, as I said, like over on our page last season was really rough because we had our Patreon and it just got a little bit overwhelming with the stuff that we were doing. Like we were reviewing like close to 40 movies in a two episode string, you know, page. And it just got a little bit too stressful because the way that we had it set up and moods not being able to do the shows. And so it just kept on getting pushing and things just started to get more and more on the plate and it just stopped. And it stopped getting fun. You know, it really did stop getting fun. I know JP and moods feel a little bit different about that with the Patreon, but I just felt like it just got a little bit tedious and we were going to start changing stuff when we come back. But, uh, that, that is, that is where we are with 22 shots. We'll see. We'll be back. We'll be back. That's a sneak preview of 22 <laughs> Shots the Return. That's, yes. Different All right, people. cool. Well, um, 
Jeremy, thanks for being the third and final member of 22 Shots to show up on Fresh Cuts. Oh, I know. You guys are probably never going to have me again because I'm annoying as shit, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, that's just it was, me. I just do me. It was fun. I, you know, I haven't podcasted with, you know, you, Jeremy, or you, Rebecca, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's not like your rant wasn't coherent and you didn't make good points. I mean, <laughs> I think you were justified in pretty much everything you said. I mean, even if, even if we disagreed on some stuff it it's not like you were just saying it just to say it so yeah um and then brandon and becca thanks for coming back of course all you all you guys are welcome back anytime uh venom is i know rambo i think the new rambo comes out this week obviously we were not going to be doing that on this show but is (laughs) is there any horror that comes out I was watching Rambo's. I was watching. I watched First Blood before I came on. I'm super excited for that this week. First Blood is like actually like a legit fucking good movie. Dude, it's Predator it's, without the Predator, but it deals gritty, with like PTSD and stuff like that. Like it's like a legit movie that has her, stuff to say. It's not it's, like yeah, Rambo super gritty. Me. It's awesome. First yeah. First Blood is so good, and it's if if people have only seen like the Rambo sequels and they go yeah. back and watch first blood they wouldn't even think it was a rambo movie because it's so tonally different and it's it's actually you know like you said it has a message kind of to say um and it's just a legit solid movie yeah Um, anything that sylvester stallone i mean more than not like his stuff is good and and the original rocky and rambo are two amazing series what the original ending of first blood was too that would even put it even more over the top is just emotional and and crazy so um but i know there's been a lot of stuff that's dropped on netflix and shutter so even if we have a couple weeks off from the theater it's it's not like we're going to struggle to find stuff to cover on here so so we we already have one ready to go that's right uh tigers tigers are not afraid we might even do that theatrically i think it's 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 open. It, like it's getting like a theaters, yeah. So. I think it's getting a limited run. Yeah. It already did. Um, it, it was uh, it was about a month ago. It got a limited run. Oh okay. Oh really? I'm sh- I'm seeing Showtime. I think it's on X- Shutter, right? Yeah, it's on, yeah, it's on Shutter yeah. now. Yeah. I just I just watched it on Shutter a few days ago. Yeah. yeah me too. I watched it a second time because. You guys looking forward to Joker? Come on. No. Oh, <laughs> you hurt my you hurt my heart. I'm not a comic book guy, but I think that movie looks fucking dope. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not a comic book guy, but I think that's why I like it. I, I like what I've seen of it so far because it. I mean, you know, sometimes the trailers don't always accurately reflect everything, but to me, the fact that the the fact that it's Joker is almost inconsequential to what the movie is really trying to say anyway. Like it could it could it could just as well not actually be joker that the movie's about because it almost comes off like taxi driver more than like the character of joker from the batman universe you know uh, i guess um, we'll see yeah There's we'll see movies coming up that i'm looking forward to i mean that's one of them for sure and we have oh. the new zombie land we have dr sleep we have the lighthouse zombie land potentially... is gonna bomb it's gonna tank that movie ain't gonna make jack shit it's yeah, too late people aren't gonna care either. i think they waited too long it's yeah, gonna I'm, tank. I'm looking forward to it, but I don't think it's gonna do well. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm most looking forward to Hell House LLC three. That's this month, right? Yeah, that's the 19th. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. that. Would turn into a franchise. That's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, uh, those first two were both so well done, though. I know, but it's just the Lighthouse comes out in October. I'm looking yes. forward to it. Uh, yep. Yeah, in a couple weeks, uh, the Creep Show series on Shutter debuts. 
they uh, yeah they just did the like the premiere episode i think they screened it last night at the egyptian yep um but yeah there's other stuff yeah there's plenty of stuff to cover uh, so anyways like i said thanks everyone for coming on to guests thanks everyone for listening we will probably catch you in our usual week's time although we do have tigers are not afraid that we're pretty much ready to do just next time we all have a free night that wants to do it so that could be coming like quicker um than our usual period of time between episodes we'll we'll see um but anyways that's gonna do it for this episode thanks for listening and we will catch you next time good night adios oh yeah fuck jerry <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta be specific, damn it. Yeah, okay.